Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week five, day one of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 13. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to remember to read 2 Corinthians 10 times in these 10 weeks. We're almost halfway through now, uh, and if you haven't started, that's okay. Start reading the book of 2 Corinthians once a week for the next five weeks. You really will be amazed at how it transforms your life in God. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you and encounter you through your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That's He's quoting from Isaiah 49 right there. <clears throat> and, you know, this is super important, right? The urgency of the hour, right? Paul's saying, don't, don't receive this grace in vain, meaning don't just hear it and think, man, that's really cool. I should think about that right? You know, salespeople, they know and understand that uh, if you if you make an offer to somebody like, well, I'm going to go home and think about it, you know that they're not going to buy that thing, right? It's, it's kind of a now or never decision. And that's just kind of human nature, right? I mean, good salesmen know that. And it's not that they're trying to be sleazy or whatever to get you to force you to do it. No, it's just know that most of the time we're kind of just okay the way we are. And if you can't convince me right here in the moment that I need this little trinket or whatever they're trying to sell me, I'm probably going to go back to my house and realize eh, I'm fine how I am. I don't really need anything, right? And, and Paul, uh, he's not using a salesman tactic. He's using this, this notion of human nature, right? Is that we just kind of keep existing the way that we were before. And he understands this. And he's saying, listen, this is an urgent moment for you as you're hearing this, because if you don't really consider this right now, in this moment, you may go back home and be like, I'm fine. What was he talking about? I don't really know. Right? He, he's saying this is this moment to receive God's grace. Don't receive it in vain. Don't hear what I'm saying. And then be like, I'll give it some thought. He's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You may or may not have time to think about this. Right? We don't know how many days we have left. And so this decision, it's not like any other decision where it's like, maybe I'll come back to it. It's like, no, no, no. You may not get a chance to come back to this. And this matters more than anything else, more than any other decision you're going to make. This one matters a lot. So, you know, in, in the, the Lord says, you know, the time of my favor, I heard you and in the day of my salvation, I helped you, right? This me hearing this, And this is that moment of favor and salvation. The Lord is hearing me and he's going to save me. I shouldn't pass that up. Let's continue on. Verse three, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, 
in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. Now, I want to pause right this little soliloquy that Paul is going on here. This is almost the antithesis of 21st century Christianity, right? He's saying, we're apostles. I'm an apostle over you. And, and, you know, we've, we've come to you. Paul and his companions here, they've come to the Corinthians in all of these many ways. And, and again, these are, I mean, the antithesis of what a 21st century apostle would say to someone nowadays, right? They'd say, you know, we come and, and the Lord has make it, made us wealthy and we have health and we have all of these things and we have favor and we have, you know, access to government and we have all of these things, right? We have all of these things that the Lord is doing for us. And that's the sign that someone is appointed by God today. At least that's the thing that's popular to, to say and espouse. And Paul is saying all of the opposite things here. Like, we're like, we don't, we're poor, but we've made you rich. We don't have anything. We've got nothing, but we, we possess everything in the spirit, right? And, and, you know, we've only come in truthful speech and the power of God and weapons of righteousness, but, you know, we've been dishonored. Uh, there's been bad reports about us. You know, all of these negative things Paul is, is in some ways boasting about. We'll see that he's going to boast about all of the negative things that have happened to him. And this is what Paul is getting at is he's saying the the care that I have for you, it doesn't come because I am some anointed man of God and I am going to bestow upon you my wonderful, awesome presence. That is the sense that I get from so many today. It's like, hey, I am this awesome man of God and I am willing for your sake to stoop down to your plebeian level and come to you and teach you the things of God that I know. It's like there's everyone wants to be this Christian guru that I've got all the answers and God's blessed me beyond measure. And, and that's like this test of apostleship in our modern age. And it's just the opposite. What Paul is getting at is that, hey, I've suffered for you. I've I've endured hardship for you. I've been spoken poorly of. I've been maligned. I've been we're going to see exactly what he's gone through here later in the book of 2 Corinthians. He's been beaten. He's gone through all of this stuff for them and for their sake. He counts them worthy to suffer for their sake and for the sake of the gospel. How many of these as we'll use Paul's nomenclature here, super apostles? How many of those super apostles today are willing to suffer and willing to lay themselves down for the sake of God's people and for the sake of the gospel? I mean, they may say that they do. 
as they're riding on their private jets or as they're driving around in their Bentleys, right? I mean, that's that's a small percentage of the people that are claiming this kind of stuff. But that is, that's what we think of. That's what we see, right? That's the optics of, of 21st century Christianity is this ridiculous opulence and, and flexing of my wealth with all of these material possessions. That's what we see. And Paul, he speaks just the opposite. The way of the Lord is going low, not self-promotion, but going low, being willing to be the least of these for the sake of God's people and for the sake of the gospel. Verse 11, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. So Paul's saying, listen, we've laid ourselves down for you. And essentially people have come in and tried to steal this away from us with this first century, 21st century notion that, hey, I'm the guru, I'm the wealthy guy, Paul, he's poor and all, it's like people say bad things about, you don't want to be associated with him, you want to learn from me, right? They, they've established, there's people that have come in and established themselves as the guru. And this is so true across all of Paul's epistles. There's some avenue of this running through all of it because there's always been people who want to set themselves up as your guru, to tell you this is how you should live. You should live like me. You should, you know, you should give to me, right? And somehow that's going to make you wealthy. I mean, what it's going to do, it's going to make them very wealthy. And they're going to tell you it's going to make you wealthy. <laughs> and what it does is it just makes them wealthy, right? They've got the secret to making them wealthy. And that's how this always works. That's how gurus always work in any situation, any way that you slice it whether it's Christian or non-Christian or, you know, I mean, there's so many, or, you know, just right now, there are so many fake gurus out there that promise you wealth and riches. And this is in Christianity outside of it as well. And this is super popular. You know, it's like, well, you can, you can, you know, if I'm going to teach you all the, the strategies to be super wealthy without having to lift a finger by drop shipping on Amazon or by buying crypto or by all, you know, it's on and on and on. There's pyramid schemes and there's multi-level marketing. And there's always a guru that will stoop down to your level. The only one who's truly ever stooped down to our level has been Jesus. All of the rest of us, we would be counted worthy for the sake of suffering for Jesus if we go through what Paul goes for the sake of the gospel. The gospel is not about how much money you have, how much riches you have, how much, how much favor you have in government and wherever else in business. It's about what are you willing to lay down for the sake of the gospel? That's what makes you great in the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't mean that money's bad. It doesn't mean that possessions are bad. But they're not the things that matter in eternity. The Lord loves to shower his people with good things. But they're fleeting. They're, they pass away. They make this life more comfortable. But they have nothing to do with our eternal state. What Paul has gone through and what he's laying his life down for, they are the things that matter most in eternity. 
And we all have the ability to do those things wherever we are. We all have the ability to lay our lives down for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of God's people. In whatever situation we are, we don't have to be a missionary, we don't have to be a pastor, a preacher, a teacher. Anywhere we are, we can lay our lives down for the sake of the gospel. And I pray that you and I, more and more, that we will do that. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.